Hi, and welcome to Mission Confidence, a special edition of the Going for Gold podcast sponsored by Philips that's designed to help you on your body confidence journey. This podcast has been created as part of our Project Body Love initiative, which is all about challenging the way we think, feel, and speak about our bodies, embracing what makes us unique, and putting an end to negative self-talk and embarrassment. Philips believes that hair removal should be a choice and that it looks different for everyone. If you do choose to remove your body hair, whether you prefer to take it all off or tackle your legs, armpits or bikini line only, Philips has a range of hair removal tools to suit your needs. And on Mission Confidence, over four episodes and with the help of some very wise women, we're going to be exploring confidence in its various facets and forms with the goal of helping you tap into yours. On this episode of Mission Confidence, we're focusing specifically on the confidence challenge of rediscovering yourself after having children. My guests are the brilliant and joyously unfiltered comedy duo Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne, founder of the Scummy Mummies podcast. We discuss the often complex journeys of body acceptance that can play out after you've had a baby, the power of small acts of self-care to reinforce confidence, why there's no right or wrong approach when it comes to body hair, and how one newly single mum is enjoying experimenting with the Philips Lumea IPL device as she prepares to date again this summer. Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne, aka the Scummy Mummies, welcome to Mission Confidence, a little mini spin-off series from Going for Goal. How are you both? I'm all right, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, I'm, I'm delighted. I've just left my children downstairs and I don't know what they're looking at the internet. So I'm going to have a <laughs> lovely time while I not think about them. <laughs> so how many children do you have? I have two. I've got Hugo, who's nine, and Matilda, who's 12. Great names. Oh, yeah, great I've names. Got, I've got Charlie, who's also known, who was actually born uh, 11 days before, is it before or after Hugo? I think it's after Hugo. After, yeah. Uh, after Hugo, with the same midwife, by complete coincidence. We didn't know each other then, so there's a fun fact. No and way. I've got Joe, jo, who's six, so yeah. So obviously we're, we're recording this in, um, in mid-April. Things are kind of slowly opening up. How has the last year been from a parent's perspective? Let's start with Helen. Um, well, I found it a very bonding um, time, a, a, a great opportunity for us to form a new family of three because I became a single mum two weeks before the first lockdown in March. So that yeah. was, yes, it was eventful. Um, turns out we really like biscuits. We're very good at sitting down. Uh, my son has got very good at Fortnite and I've got very good at letting go of any standards. Uh, so uh, that's it. And I'm, I'm terrible at maths. So, in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. It's that thing, isn't it? You thought you got to leave maths behind and then suddenly you're responsible for it. Gosh, yeah. How was was homeschooling for you, Ellie? Oh, uh, yeah. It was a a living nightmare. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, I I outsourced quite a lot of it. I was very lucky. So, I, in the first lockdown, my my husband's a contractor and he was between jobs. So, financially, you know, that's obviously absolutely terrifying. But um, in terms of uh, practical terms, it meant that I just made him do um the the childcare while I you know kept scummy mummies um going so um yeah that was nice I'm very I was gonna say I'm very grateful to him actually they're half his children and I'm glad I'm glad he did his job <laughs> that's really what I should say 
What a relief he didn't let you down. Yes, yes. Well done for parenting your own children and doing a job that otherwise I would have had to do, even though I have exactly the same relationship to them. Well done, you. <laughs> ah, the standards. Ah, the standards. Yeah. Um, so in Mission Confidence, as you probably tell by the title, this is our mini-series in association with Philips, and we are looking at confidence in all its different guises. And today with you guys, we are talking about rediscovering yourself after becoming a mum. So question to both of you, why do you think it's important for, for mums to think and talk about and develop confidence about who they are themselves outside of that, that identity of being a mum? I think it's really important because mother mothering motherhood can be all encompassing and you feel like you're always giving to somebody else like you're feeding them you're changing them you know someone said it's your frontal lobe of your brain is completely changed because all of a sudden you're worrying about another human being all of the time and that is exhausting and you know we've said this on many times on the scummy mommy's podcast like you can't pour from an empty cup eventually you will burn out when you give and give and give and you feel like that is your sole purpose is to sort of make sure this other person <laughs> two people or six kids or whatever are doing well so I think that's it but you know eventually you will <laughs> you will um, lose part of yourself so you have to be strong and and carve that out because no one else gives it to you your children and your partners or whatever will take as much as they want from you and you have to be really strict about setting up boundaries and and being good to yourself and that might yeah. be just a glass of wine in the toilet or, <laughs> or going for a walk or anything but you need some time to yourself so Ellie, what's your perspective? What's your perspective on this? And can you also tell me a little bit how you how you came to that realization? Yeah, so I I think um you know, here's the thing. I I I've, I've spoken to a lot of women and men about having their first baby and no one ever kind of says, "Oh, it's exactly what I thought it would be like," you know. <laughs> and I read all the books and it's exactly like it said in the books and you know, it's all fine and I, I always know exactly what I'm doing. Um I think being a parent is about working out as you go along, isn't it? And you need a degree of confidence in yourself as a mum um to to do that because every family different and every child is different. So that's important. Um, and for me, I think also confidence is sometimes it can be hard to feel confident. You can't just sort of magically produce it out of yourself. And it helps if you have friends or, you know, a support network of other people who are also muddling through and seeing other people doing it the same or perhaps worse than you uh, can give you a real confidence boost. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely 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 and I guess that's something that so that's what you guys are all about right just kind of breaking down that the kind of the perfect trope that exists online about motherhood have I got that right yeah basically we look really terrible to make other people feel better about themselves and that is our gift to the world mm. <laughs> some people are born to it uh, <laughs> we were born to terribleness yeah. <laughs> well, I have no children, but from the mums that I know, it sounds like you're doing the Lord's work. So thank you very much. <laughs> we are blessed. We are blessed with our very messy houses and our <laughs> slightly, yeah, frazzled lives. Um, but I think I think we're really lucky that we're in 2021 now that you can be whatever version, you know, within reason of of motherhood, that it that it's not just one particular way, that we're not all singing from the same hymn sheet. We are in terms of that we love our children, we want what's best for them, of course. But I think I think there's much more acceptance and there's a whole lot more kind of um camaraderie or, you know, and I think social media for all its sort of faults has has been brilliant in that respect. When you're going, Oh, we've had fish fingers three nights in a row and like, Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, what's a vegetable? So that's been great. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) And can you tell me, either of you, um, or maybe both of you, if this is true, you've obviously got this very, um, well, this quite relaxed and open and just very no-nonsense approach to motherhood and getting through getting through it and it's seemingly very like non-performative which I'm sure for a lot of mums is very refreshing um so you've reached this point of understanding about how it's really important to foster your own identity as a mum but was there a point before in your journeys maybe when your children were younger or something where you hadn't quite reached that realization um I'm I'm intrigued to know how you got there I I must admit it wasn't until I really met Ellie that I felt myself in a way because I had my first baby I had in Cambridge and I had lots of mum friends that were all, you know, doing Annabelle Carmel's weaning day to day to day. And I hadn't really found my tribe, my mum friends. Um, So I think that was really important and and sort of letting go any ideals. And also my mum, I'm one one of five children. My mum was the vicar's wife and very perfect and very clean living, never drank. And so she wouldn't be having like Prosecco-themed playdates like I do, which I really enjoy. So I think I I had a lot of expectations on myself. And when I started to remove those expectations, I enjoyed myself and motherhood so much more. Yeah, whereas my mum was a massive slag. Uh, No, not really. (laughs) She would hate it if I said that. I don't don't mean that, mum. She won't listen. It's fine. Um, Yeah, no, I was lucky enough to have my mum. uh, My mum is, is, um, you know, uh, she's she's not a vicar's wife, uh, is the better way to put it. And and I was actually living with her when my first baby was born, her and my dad, because we were between houses and all that. So I was lucky enough to kind of have, have someone there who'd done it all before and who kind of led by example and showed me what to give a monkey about and what to not give a monkeys about and you know um and also did frankly just did a quite a lot of the work so I had a more gentle introduction introduction to motherhood um and that that definitely helped I think yeah absolutely and so we want I want to talk there about so you've kind of you've both had these journeys this post-baby journeys of figuring out who you are aside from your aside from aside from mums and parents what do you what are little things that each of you do to kind of um, to have that time for yourself and to kind of reconnect with the Ellie or the Helen that existed before they were Ellie and Helen, the mum. I think I think having a career in stand up has been transformational because when the world was less COVIDy, um, you know, maybe one or two nights a week we would go away on tour. And so we'd stay at a hotel, we'd do a show, you know, we were adored and, you know, had a really good time. Often we'd go for a curry afterwards, have a pub lunch. You know, I highly recommend this lifestyle choice, to be honest. And then I come home, I'm like, oh, my God, my children, I'm so excited. And now, yeah, and now I'm a single parent. So I have my kids five days a week and the other two nights, you know, I have a really nice time um, just to, you know, have a long bath and, you know, get quite intimate with a bottle of gin. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> they're, my, they're my sort of tips. But also doing things like exercise, getting back into exercise is a big shift in your 40s, I think. People kind of get that confidence back as well. So I think I'm much more, not selfish, but much more clear about what I need as a human being rather than just a, you know, snack provider and bum wiper. Tell me that. That's so interesting. Was there anything specific that happened when you kind of entered your 40s that woke you up to that? Or was it more of like a gradual progression? Oh, just getting closer to death. <laughs> Chicken, Rasheen. I've, yeah. I've got to get fit. I've got to, got to cheat death. And also, you know, life's not a rehearsal. But I just realised that you just get one chance at life, don't you? And I and Ellie and I have a favourite film called Spinal Tap and there's a line in it that says, have a good time all of the time. 
<laughs> I think that's a good rule for life. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love that. Ellie, what about you? Yeah, I think there was definitely a point where, I don't think there was a specific instant or a moment, but there was sort of a point where I sort of thought, oh, I'm going to have to do stuff for myself or I'm no good for anyone. You know, um, we, we we could all, you know, try and be that mum who's constantly just focused on the child and doing everything for them. And But eventually, yeah, you end up exhausted and grumpy and resentful, uh, you know, all of the above. And um, so I just thought, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So, um, but that's, the, it's it's easier said than done. And again, it's it's obviously harder if you're on your own. Uh, and if you and if you haven't got a supportive partner, it can be very tough as well. So I'm not just sitting here saying, you should just tell everybody you want to have a bath for three hours. <laughs> I think it's about balance. So I do do, like Helen's saying, I do do like the self-care things you're supposed to do. Like I do go running because mainly it's just time out of the house. And I do a bit of meditation and all that hippie jazz. But I also, you know, do enjoy a nice glass of wine and, you know, watching Married at First Sight Australia. Australia, things that you know probably aren't going to advance me as a human but I they're going to advance my mental health and make me a nicer mum I think it's so important when you make room for those relaxation things that aren't as you say going to necessarily make you a better human it's not all about optimizing yes you're probably not going to get any smarter from watching Married at First Sight Australia it's probably the opposite (laughs) so body confidence and self-confidence could all be kind of tied up together which one in your experience especially in those those years have after having a baby which one is it smarter to to address first the kind of the body confidence side or the having this confidence in yourself well i think it depends partly which one you find most problematic if you have a body confidence issue and that's affecting the way you live your life um and upsetting you maybe deal with that i guess but for, for me personally um it's always been more about the mental thing and self-confidence and you know when i got pregnant the first time especially i was just like oh wow my body's going to do this amazing thing and of course it's going to get bigger and well i'm going to need to eat all those hobnobs because i'm growing a human um but but from for a lot of people i know that's not their experience so I think you just have to have a look at what's going on in your in your brain and what's that related to, and and then deal prioritize that like that. I guess mm. just being really honest with yourself. Yeah, I, I, but kind to yourself as well, you know. Um, and and yeah, body confidence is is a tricky thing because we all have different bodies and we all feel about them differently, don't we? Absolutely. It'd be good to get your thoughts on that as well, Helen. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it, it's interesting, and and someone said this like when I've always been quite overweight like I've always been quite curvy plus size whatever fat um just fat I've been quite fat for a while uh and when I became pregnant um my fatness was acceptable and so and and a lot of people have talked about this is that people would rub my belly you know which was you know a big belly is a thing of you know otherness or you know has been for many years as a thing that you shouldn't have. And then I got so much confidence, like I owned being big. And then obviously after I had the the child, the fat was still there. And so it was a real interesting shift about like, you know, my, my, you know, boobs got a bit saggier. I got stretch marks, skin tags, hair in weird places. So it was a really big stretch in terms of learning to love my body again and appreciate it and not see the things that, um, it wasn't, but the things that it was. And I think mm. exercise rapidly changed that. The fact that I could be strong or I could run or, you know, 
I, and, I, and I wasn't there for being sexy. I was there for mental health. So it was yeah. sort of tied up with both self-confidence and, um, and body confidence. And then when I became a scummy mummy, when we started wearing gold cat suits and I got up there without any shame and, and, and you're sort of like, well, here I am. I've had two kids. I've got a cavernous fanny, um, you know, <laughs> see it in all its glory sort of thing. Um, that gave me huge confidence because women were like, oh, thank God, there's a woman who looks like me on the stage or on the internet or and, and she gives no Fs about it. <laughs> we're not swearing, are we? Um, but, yeah, so I think, I think there's so many factors um, for me feeling better about myself. It was a comedy. It was hanging out with decent mates and 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 not not um, feeling bad about my size and shape anymore, yeah. but still sort of, yeah, wanting to enjoy my body rather than hide it. Absolutely, and that's such a thing with um, – that's the real power of exercise, isn't it, kind of reframing your body's worth as what it can do for you or what, mm. what it can uh, – all the places it will – all the places it can carry you, what it can lift, how far it can run, rather than thinking about what someone else thinks about the, the shape or the size of it or whatever, or how it looks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that was that was good, and I think again, social media has a great, um, it's got great strength and purpose for changing people's ideas about that. Like I think I think you can see there's lots of amazing role models like Bryony Gordon, who's a marathon runner and all those sort of stuff, and a great mental health and exercise yeah, champion. So I think those sort of yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, there's a great there's yeah a brilliant community a brilliant community of people. And when we're talking about those other kind of self care things that you self-care and things that you do you guys are obviously you've got such a brilliant outlook on I don't know as you say showing up as you are and being your own and being your own person and presenting as you will as you said in a gold catsuit on stage I need to go and look at those pictures that sounds incredible what's your guys um approach to grooming and do you have any other habits that help you that help you feel great and kind of show up as kind of fully and unapologetically as you both do I quite like a red lipstick uh, that <laughs> I think you know, if you're having a, a bit of a, a sort of you know low day or just low energy day, um, as as cliche it is and possibly not very feminist, sometimes just putting a bit of slap on just just lifts me up a bit and makes me feel like yeah, all right, you know. Um, and in fact, my son, my nine year old, said to me the other week, he was like, why why are you putting makeup on? We're not going anywhere. And I was like, well, I don't know, just just what why are you putting socks on just fancy it don't know <laughs> just giving it a go we all we all like a sock don't we Helen oh yeah I do just the one sometimes <laughs> <laughs> a well-placed sock <laughs> I think that's been such a thing with um in lockdown the whole makeup thing I don't think people quite realize how much it gave them or even just the joy of self-presentation because you feel like you're forced to do it every day or like to go into an office and then I, I don't know about you but I found after a month of sitting in three-day-old leggings and a messy top not scraped back and you're like I feel rubbish yeah <laughs> I've, I've, and I even when my children were babies I still did makeup every day and, and not in any way because I thought I thought without it I'm some sort of hideous creature who must hide away or because it makes me sexy or anything like that but for me it's a ritual it's a habit it's like brushing your teeth every morning or yeah or putting clean pants on it's just something I do every day that makes me feel right the day has started I've done that bit of the routine and and off we go now that the day has commenced and I feel like in lockdown that has been very that's something I've kind of clung on to a bit that's been very helpful because otherwise yeah. the days can kind of blur into one and you feel a bit foggy and sort of rudderless so yeah I've, I've found that helpful now um things things are opening up which is super exciting and we have a summer that 
hopefully is going to look like a somewhat of a normal summer. Helen, what are most what are you most looking forward to about this summer? Um, well, I'm a single lady, so I'm very much looking forward to getting out and dating properly. Uh, properly, she says. I want to touch people. Um, yes, <laughs> and I want them to touch me. Um, so, <laughs> so. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so I think what's really nice is that, like, I have had a year of being single and I had a few dates when I was allowed, but now I can properly get out and do that. But I, you know, obviously I want to see all my mates and, and have some freedom. But, um, yeah, and, you know, part of that is looking good and feeling good about myself. That's about self-confidence as a single woman, not as a mother, not as anything else so you know obviously that you know involves lots of things that includes hair makeup and you know maybe trimming maybe trimming the bush occasionally maybe making sure that my underarms aren't sprouting a lot of hair and that you know and that's obviously my choice and I don't I don't do the full absolute full hair removal um but I do like I do like a neat edge Rasheen (laughs) (laughs) I like a neat edge and you're achieving these neat edges with the Philips Lumea at home IPL device, right? I am. I'm very delighted to have this because, you know, obviously I'm a busy working mum, but I'm also a single mum. So I have two days a week where I'm home alone. So that's my sort of self-care time. So that's when I can right. do lovely things like have a bath, but use this lovely at home IPL device. And, you know, I know other friends who've had similar treatments and they've had to go to salons and, you know, I can do this within my own schedule, which I just think is is wonderful for every because everyone's busy aren't they they're all busy and you know I can sit down make myself a cup of tea and then you know sort out my bikini line I mean what's not to like Rasheen really (laughs) (laughs) I really like it I really like it and you know and it's really gentle and it's effective and you know I can concentrate on other things now not just sorting out my bush every few days it's good (laughs) (laughs) less shaving more dating like it (laughs) absolutely absolutely I want to get onto the dating I don't want to have times just you know always buying razors again and I think that's the other thing I think it's a good sort of eco thing is that you've got one device and then you know you'll be smooth as a seal in about six months (laughs) out you go but yeah it's fantastic and such a time saver Mm. and save time saver and also a lack of shaving rash, which I I'm, I don't. No one wants a scratchy bit. No one wants a scratchy bit. Oh, I'm sure there's um, some corner of the internet, Helen, where someone's into it. <laughs> someone's into everything, aren't they? They are, Ellie. I, I, um, I once dated. Uh, you know, I had a uh, date. I was, I was naked with a man, and he had shaved his chest, but it was like in a few days' growth in, and it was like, it's like. It's like having a cuddle with a Brillo pad. And I thought, either have a hairy chest or go, like, full mm. wax. But don't just shave. He'd shave the whole thing. It was all scratchy. Yeah. No. He needs a Lamea. <laughs> That's the thing. Nice, smooth and soft regrowth. So thank you very much, um, Helen, for sharing that. Ellie, what are your plans? What are your plans for summer? Oh, well, we've optimistically booked uh, a holiday just down in Kent. We're in London, so we've booked a holiday down in Kent. That's as far as we're willing to take the risk. So who knows? Perhaps that will that will come up. But even that, to be honest, I'm a bit like, what's that going to be like there? We've been sat in a house um, for about a year. We're just going to go and sit in another house with, like, less access to Netflix. So I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm starting to regret the decision already, but no, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back on tour, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be um, we'll be doing the main stage at Camp Festival this year, which is always a highlight in our calendar. So we're Fun. hoping that that goes ahead, and that we can be, you know, we can be near Mr. Tumble, which is our life goal. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dorset, isn't it? Camp Festival. Yes, down Lulworth. Uh, yes, yeah, so beautiful. Oh, mm, well, fingers crossed. Really fingers crossed. Um, yeah. And yeah, and what? What? Um, but just before we go, what advice do you have for for other mums who are looking to to celebrate themselves and get back in touch with who they are um, after having children? Um, I think definitely do do those things. Those things are great, but also don't put too much pressure on yourself to do those things. You know, we I think we luckily we've advanced where well, we've moved away a bit from the whole bounce back body thing. But I'm I'm a little bit worried we've sort of just moved into this area of, of bounce back mentally so that by the time the baby's six months old, we all have to have a side hustle or we have to be taking them to baby yoga three times a day or we have to be, you know, we have to be mentally, we have to be doing doing great and everything's fine. Um, and, and those things can be very hard. I mean, I had my my babies didn't sleep. Uh, that was my that was my thing. So when you're being woken up every hour all night, you know, it's it's difficult to do some meditation the next day. You might not feel like it. So I just think take it easy on yourself. Um, don't feel the pressure either way. And and know that it will end. Things will get better and you'll be all right and you won't be this tired and you won't feel like this forever. Yeah, that's fabulous advice. Yeah, and I think I think that the not the worst thing, but just don't compare yourself to others. I think it's really easy to think oh she's got it all she's got it all going on you don't know someone said don't compare Mm. your inside to someone else's outside so the way people project themselves on social media or the what or what stories they choose to tell you um may not be the full picture and I think that that can be really like oh god they've got it all going on you know they're (laughs) you know they're doing a juice cleanse they're doing all this sort of thing and I think I think you just don't know what state mm. people are in and every and, and it is ebb and flow like you do have days where you think god everything's great and i'm nailing it and the next day you feel flat so it's not it's and and your mental health and your physical health and confidence um it's not linear it's not you don't just get mm. better and better and better and i think that's really important as well and just to kind of go you know what some days i'm going to feel sad or some days i don't want to see friends and that's all right like you don't yeah. have to be the same version or feel like you have to be the happy Helen or the, you know, a particular version of yourself for your friends. I mean, I'm the sarcastic Ellie pretty much 100%, to be honest, but uh, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and the trick for me has been to recognise that and, and to recognise on the bad days that they are just bad days. And you know what? Sometimes they go on for weeks. <laughs> but um, if you can hang on to the idea that things will change because children change and life changes and stuff happens, if you can just hang on in there, then you'd be all right. I think that's a pretty great place to end. Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne, aka the Scummy Mummies, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And everyone, do go listen to their podcast. All our podcasts are on iTunes, Spotify, or you can just go to scummymummies.com. Uh, and also, there you'll find tickets for our live show, assuming it is happening this year. And we've got a shop and we got you know we've got instagram at scummy mummies all the things really thank you so much for coming on bye bye Bye. thank you thanks rasheen you've been listening to helen thorne and ellie gibson of comedy duo the scummy mummies on mission confidence a special edition of the going for girl podcast sponsored by phillips and designed to help you on your body confidence journey 
This podcast has been created as part of our Project Body Love initiative. And if you've enjoyed it, make sure you register for the Project Body Love event that's running between the 15th and 16th of May. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes. Mission Confidence will be back next week. Tune in then. Thank you.